0: Hello and welcome to the Cubit Guy podcast, brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is Georges Raymond, CEO of Pascal, a quantum processor company. Georges and I spoke about full stack quantum vendors and the historical analogy from classical computing, the French quantum ecosystem, and much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at classiq.io.
1: Hello, George, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, hello, Yuval. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here today. So who are you and what do you do? Well, my, my name is George. I'm the, the CEO and co-founder of Pascal. So Pascal is a, a quantum processing company. I mean, we are building quantum processors out of the, uh, the neutral atom technology. I think we... We will have time to, to explain that uh, to, to the audience. So basically, that's the most scalable technologies for, for quantum computing today. I mean, that's, it has the, the road record in terms of number of qubits. And this is published in, in peer review paper. I mean, the number of qubit and the applications on top. So we, the company was incorporated now almost three years ago. And we are not only uh, building the hardware, we are also developing the software on top of it. It be also part of the interview but uh, of a podcast. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if, if we need to, to have powerful applications, we really need to, to tailor them to, the, uh, to a specific hardware. And on a more personal point, so uh, I'm, I'm a physicist by training. I did my PhD 20 years ago, uh, pioneering the technology of Pascal. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, I would never had imagined that today, I mean, we will we create a, a company out of this uh, this idea, still we are here. It's, it's, uh, it's completely amazing. And, uh, um, and after my PhD, I, I, I mean, I, I went into the industry uh, in R&D, you know, the, the, uh, t- taking t- technology out of the lab, which is what I, I did for, for 16 years, either in startup, uh, SMEs, or even a, a large corporate. There seems to be many quantum startups
0: in France. Do you think there's a particular reason for that, that it happens to be
1: in France? Yeah, you're making a good point. Uh, I think yes, we are uh, already four hardware startup in France in on quantum computing, plus a, a couple on the software side. Yeah, I think it just shows the uh, yes the, the French excellence in uh, in quantum. I, I would say, I mean, they we have. Um, uh, I, I don't want to to, to mess up that, but I think we have uh, at least three Nobel prizes in the in the field and uh yes i think yes that's part of it <laughs> excellent
0: and i know that uh pascal has merged with q co which is i think the software company that you mentioned so i would love to dive a little bit into that um there's a debate i think with customers whether it's best for them to take a full stack vendor hardware and software and application or to select what some might call best of breed, I'll find the best hardware and I'll find the best software package and I'll find someone to write the applications for me. With the thought being that quantum computing is a race and who knows at any given time, who's got the best computer, the most qubits, the least amount of noise and so on. What is your view? How how do you explain to customers that it's better to take the full stack monolithic
1: approach as opposed to bits and pieces? Okay well, I think we just have to look at history uh, I mean th- this idea you know of having choosing the best hardware and the best software in the classical world I mean it's it's, it's something very new I mean uh, o- still a couple of years ago we we were f- forced to have a software dedicated to a specific hardware even for these classical processors so basically it, it took it, it it took us um, 50 60 years of development to reach that point and the first classical application they were all hardware-specific. I mean, I, I remember the first the processor by IBM. It was designed for implementing accounting, and only that. And it was specifically designed for these tasks. And, um, and, and, and second, I mean, in the history of classical computing, I mean, we, we, uh, of classical yes, computing, we always uh, uh, devise the, uh, the, the software around the processor, not the overall around. And I think that for quantum computing, starting that, okay, the software is that. And now let's build the hardware. For me, it's a, it's a real dead end. It's, it's, it's too much. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's asking too much for the hardware first. And second, it, it, it doesn't leverage the specificities of the hardware. Uh, for, for instance, at, at Pascal, we are using this neutral atom technology and we have the ability to, to arrange the qubit, the, the geometry of the qubit in any shape we want. You know, we, we can arrange the atoms <clears throat> at any distance we want and any in, in shape we want. And if you are able to leverage that, then you are able to implement very powerful algorithms. I mean, for instance, our, our, our qubits are representing the, the shape of a graph of, or or a, mo- a, mo- a, mo- a, or a molecule. And for a graph solving problem, it's highly efficient compared to that if, if, we, if, if, we, if we do not have this, uh, this flexibility. And so for me, it's, 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 it's very the, the path, you know, building on the strength of the processor, building the application on top of that, that's the shortest path for, um, for a quantum advantage. And maybe that in 20, 30 years, we will be able to devise, you know, a hardware agnostic software. But for me, it's, it's, it's really too early.
0: So you're saying that through the historical analogy, it makes sense to build a full stack vendor. And if you look at classical computing, you can make a case that on one hand, Apple, very successful company is a full stack vendor, but on the Absolutely. other hand, of course PCs are, are or, or phones for that matter that are not Apple phones are more uh, distributed. Okay, very, very well. Um, how long do you think before customers can enjoy Quantum advantage you know defined as something that they cannot do classically well enough
1: ah, well it's a good, good point I, I think it's it will happen sooner than than expected uh, and honestly I, I, I can foresee that in one or two years uh, from now uh, it's uh, of, of course it will not bring a quantum advantage for uh, any applications but for the first ones I think that we can say that one or two years should be the the, the correct uh, the, the correct timeline uh, and what i what i mean by uh, quantum advantage so it's not uh, f- uh, obviously related to the to the accuracy to the performance or the time of computing it can also be uh, providing the same results but with less energy because these quantum processors they are very low energy intensities so this is also part of the uh, of, of the quantum advantage and uh, on, on, on pascal we we have identified or already two use cases where we think we, we should reach this, this quantum advantage at an industrial level uh, but the first one is being devised I mean has been devised with the uh, with the global electricity utility so it's a, an optimization problem and we we have good evidence that we could reach the uh, an industrial quantum advantage with 1000 qubit and 1000 qubit I mean we are on track to, to reach that by 2023 and we, we also have a, a, a second use cases in, a, in, a, in machine learning on, on graphs. And, I mean, the, the threshold in terms of qubit could be even lower. So, I mean, we, we'll see. And, and, and maybe we have also a, a, a third one in the pie, but, I mean, it's, a, it's probably too new, so I prefer not to, uh, to talk about it.
0: When you speak with customers, they're faced with a wide choice of quantum modalities, right? They can look at superconducting qubits, they could look at photonic qubits, they can look at uh, other you know, trapped ions, and so on and so on. How do you communicate to them? How do you explain to them
1: why your approach is better? Well, first, we have devices available. <laughs> this is a huge difference, <laughs> at least with the photonics qubit, because uh, as far as I know, there is no available uh, quantum processor using photonic qubits. And so we have the processors; they are available, and with unmatched number of qubits. So uh, at, at Pascal, we, are, we already have uh, 100 qubit machines, that we will uh, launch on the cloud in the in in the coming months. And if, even though with 100 qubits it's not enough to reach a quantum advantage, I mean I have to be to be fair uh, on this. Still, it, I mean, it's big enough to implement a, a real use case at scale. So basically, for the end users, it, it will really learn something you know, working on a on a real use case and at the end it will he will also be able to to foresee when the, the technology will be able to to address his its challenges in in a most efficient way. And this is what I'm I'm telling to the to the customers by the way. So today it's too early for an advantage, but in one two years you will learn, you will train your people, you will be able to forecast when it will come and so and, and then the technology will be ready hey, you know, they they will have an edge compared to the competitors, we simply uh, waited for the the technology to be ready. And this is what I'm telling to the customers, and and usually, yes, they, they do understand that pretty well.
0: And your computers are available on the cloud. Is that a private cloud? I mean, is that a Pascal cloud? Or is that just one of the big cloud vendors? How does it work today and what do you expect to happen in the near future?
1: Ah, well, that's uh, that's both. Uh, so that being said, I mean, uh, at Pascal, we do not claim to rebuild. Uh, I mean, a, a complete infrastructure from scratch. We are just building the, the layers to give access to to let's say to private pri- yes to private customers to have access to these devices, and and we also need this uh, this layer of software to you know to to be able to put our devices on um, on standard cloud provider such as uh, um, uh, Amazon, uh, Azure, Azure, or, uh, or even uh, or Google. And so it, it, it will be both.
0: How many computers do you have online at the moment? How many quantum computers? Uh,
1: online, not, uh, none of them for the for moment. Uh, we have uh, <clears throat> currently, what we have in terms of hardware, we have one device, which is very close to, uh, I would say, a, a lab uh, experiment, but it's already available for uh, implementing use cases. That's the one we, we used for the uh, quantum machine learning techniques. Uh, and we also u- use it, I mean, to, to develop the uh, the technology. So increasing the number of qubits, increasing the, the quality, the fidelity of the operations. And, and we have two other uh, devices being currently uh, uh, assembled. And these two devices are uh, dedicated 100% for, uh, for end users, for our private cloud. So one, one of them is I mean, is almost, is, is almost ready. I mean, it's, it's currently getting alive, I, I, I would say. So probably that we will launch it uh, on, on the cloud uh, in a couple of weeks or months. And the, the second one will be available by the end of the year. So at the end of the year, we will have two devices on the cloud. And when I said two devices, okay, operating in between 100 and 200 qubits. So that's uh, that's a about record.
0: Quantum computing has become a little bit of a geopolitical issue. Uh, there's a quantum arms race, you know, different countries, you know, the EU is spending money, France is spending money, US, China, and so on. All these computers that you mentioned, the three computers, will they be in Europe? Will they be in France? Does it matter to you? That Does it matter to your... Customers,
1: where the computers physically are—that's <laughs> a, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, the first one they will be in France because you know, it's, uh, I mean, we—you—we have to bear in mind that the technology, I mean, in all technologies, are in their infancy. So basically, that the devices are still very fragile. So it's better to have them close to the engineers for the maintenance. So the first devices, for sure, they, they, they will be in France. Um, in the first step, they will be available in the cloud. So, and I think it's the, is, is the good way for scaling because it's, uh, it's, I think, very unlikely that a customer will buy, uh, uh a devices from scratch, you know, without testing it, without, uh, assessing the proof of value of, of a computer. And for this, I think the, the cloud is the, is a, is a nice way to go. So, you know, they can buy runtime errors and not spend, uh, their full budget on, on, on the hardware. And, and start their, their quantum journey. At the end, things may, may be different. Uh, I, I, I don't know the truth. Uh, probably there is room for, uh, for cloud computing because it's convenient. But at the same time, I can also hear from one of my customers, for many of them, that, you know, we are dealing with sensitive, dev- with sensitive data and it's more or less out of request that we will send the data over the, over the cloud so maybe there is also room for uh, devices on-premise. Uh, we'll see. The, the market will tell us.
0: I usually ask this question of uh, end users, but I would love to ask it of you as well. Let's assume you were master of the quantum universe for, uh, for a little while, and you could control uh, anything that you'd like um, outside your company. What would you like other companies to work on? What would you like customers to do to get to quantum, uh, to useful quantum applications faster?
1: Huh. Uh, how could I answer this? Uh, okay, so I, I will, so it's, it's not a direct answer, but I, I will dream of, you know, of, uh, of neutral atoms that are easy to control with light. I mean, usually we need, we need several lasers. Uh, they are pretty complex, you know, cutting edge lasers. So if we if we could imagine kind of a, a new atomic species which is so, so simple to be controlled with light, that would be very interesting. Um, and otherwise, well, I think the uh, well may, may, maybe that I, I would like to see the, the large corporate to be more uh, more committed to a new technology. I mean, they they, they I, I can see the a, a large appetite. It's and it's and it's more, and it's growing. Uh, uh, to be honest. But at the, at the same time, I, th- I think they can do more. Uh, they can do more, and it's uh, it, it will definitely foster uh, the um, the adoption of these new devices and uh, and also speed up the, the, the rise of its advantage. Because uh, as of now, we, it's hard to tell uh, the the ideal use case that will first bring a quantum advantage. So the, the more we try, I would say, <laughs> the the more likely we we will find it. So. Yeah, so that's, that's the message to large corporate. Just try. It's not so expensive. And there, there is, a, I mean, the, the return of on investment can be pretty large.
0: And what do you need the government to do,
1: if anything? Uh,
0: whether it's the <laughs> French government or the EU, or what, what do you need the government to do?
1: Well, uh, I think we, they can help with, uh, with uh, public ordering. Is it the, I think it's correct. Because, uh, uh, yes, a public uh, procurement, sorry, uh, because you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to, uh, to help the, um, the, the companies, but, but not, not only by just giving, uh, uh subsidies, you know, it's, it's also a way of developing the, uh, the business, trying to, to build the real devices, test them, uh, outside the, um, outside the company in a real life environment. And at the same time with, uh, you know, in, a uh, I mean, we, we've not, uh, in, a, in an, a, in, a, in an environment which is not so harsh. I mean, so you, you have time, you know, to, to test and to validate the, the, the tech. So I think that's probably the, the nice way to, to help uh, the, uh, startup emerging and, and growing and keep growing.
0: And as we get closer to the end of our conversation, you mentioned that you'd like companies to be more committed or customers to be more committed to quantum. When you meet customers that are not as committed to quantum as you would like, why are they not committed? Is it because they don't believe it's helpful? Is it because they think it's too early? Is it because they don't have the right people to take advantage of quantum? What do you see as the primary reason that companies are not yet
1: into quantum? Hmm. I think that there there are many reasons, but I think the main one is, is that they believe it's too early. They believe it's too early, or they will have time to learn. But I mean, and, and you know, and the technologies are changing so fast. <laughs> it's completely amazing. I mean, you know, uh, w- 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 one years ago, we were um, we were the only comp- company claiming to reach one thousand qubit by twenty twenty three. And now I think there are at least five companies claiming, claiming the same. Uh, uh, of course, I believe in Pascal. I think we will be the first one to reach these numbers, but still, the the others are doing are doing good. And uh, you know, it's 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 not more uh, a magic number. I think we will reach this uh, this first, this thousand of qubit by twenty twenty three. We will be able to bring something to the end users. So and and, and, and things are, are changing fast.
0: When you have large number of qubits, let's say 500 qubits, for example, and let's assume that the application uses entanglement, otherwise it's not that interesting,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that probably means that you cannot truly simulate a 500 qubit computer or a 500 qubit software on a classical computer. So how do you debug an
1: application that uses hundreds of qubits? <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a new field to investigate, uh, of course, because <laughs> at some point, yes, I mean, you, you have a new computation meet, uh, tools, and, it's, and you, you will not be able to, to predict the results. But by the way, it was the same with the first numerical simulation, you know, when, when people started simulating, I don't know, or designing a plane on a computer, they, they, they were facing the same, uh, the same issues. So I think yes, it it has to be investigated, and uh, uh, and just to elaborate a bit more on on my answer, Uh, there there are some problems that are, uh, you know, that are or some challenges that are difficult to compute, but checking, assessing that the solution is the right one can be very easy. Because for instance, if if you are solving an optimization problem, you come up with a solution, and it, it can be very easy just to check that it's more efficient than the than the previous one. Absolutely. So, George, how can people get in
0: touch with you to learn more about your work?
1: Well, we, we have a, a website. We also have, a, of course, a, a LinkedIn page, and uh, so we, you. you uh, I mean, people will find our papers or or, or white paper and uh, and whatsoever. And if they really want to to, to already have a, a hands on, we have um, an open source framework called uh, Pulsar. Which was a one hundred percent devised by by Pascal engineers it's a, a so a, a programmable framework which controls the qubit at the pulse level this is why we, we call we call it a pulser so giving you an exquisite control of of processors. a it's open source everyone can use it everyone can improve it it comes with an emulator so you can assess if your if, if the algorithm which is devised is uh, is efficient or not. And on top of that, it comes with tutorial and some, some libraries. So it's, it's really a, a nice way to, to, to start digging into, in, into quantum. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.